White Sox Weekly, the Chicago baseball conversation on the new flagship home of the Sox, 720 WGN. Indeed, indeed. Welcome, welcome. White Sox Weekly on the air, 720 WGN. With you till 2.30 today, we got Blackhawks hockey coming up, so White Sox Weekly a little earlier today. Big show for you. As uh, we will take your calls, 312-981-7200. The phone number, you can follow me on Twitter, at the car. My name is Mark Carmen, And we've got guests for you today. Jason Benetti, White Sox TV broadcaster, will be with us at 135. Todd Steverson, fifth-year hitting coach of the Chicago White Sox, will be with us in about, oh, say, eight minutes or so from now. And Nick Nick Hostetler, the director of scouting, right after 2 o'clock. So a jam-packed show for you today. White Sox got to get healthy. It's been a uh, little bit of a rough week. Some things are not uh, super concerning, like Luis Robert getting hit on the head in a B game versus the Padres. He'll be fine. And I think Eloy Jimenez is going to be fine. But when you hear soreness in the left knee, that is not ideal. Uh, I'm going to be out a little bit here, some tendonitis going on, but um, hopefully we'll be back soon. Mike Rodolfo is now a designated hitter. You thought he was going to be out for a while with an elbow injury, but now at least able to go to the plate. He was 0 for 2 with a walk against the Padres uh, this week. So at least back out in the field. But Jake Berger, season-ending surgery. That came on Thursday, ruptured left Achilles tendon, uh, running to first base Monday against the Oakland A's. That was a, a huge bummer, uh, obviously mostly uh, for Berger, but also for the White Sox, who are in action this afternoon. Michael Kopak making his second uh, Cactus League start, taking on the Royals in surprise this afternoon. Looking at the lineup, a lot of names you uh, perhaps might not recognize. Charlie Tilson, local product out of New Trier High School, once was a St. Louis Cardinal, uh, came to the Sox. In the Zach Duke trade, uh, he will lead off uh, for the Sox today. Tyler Saladino at short. Matt Davidson's playing first base. Daniel Pelka is in right field. Sox claimed him off waivers from the Twins last year. He's a guy, left-handed hitter, huge power, and uh, getting a shot to play today and hopefully has a chance to be on the roster he does strike out a bunch, but uh, does have power, so the White Sox interested in perhaps developing Palka into something more than he's been to this point in his career. Casey Gillespie, the brother of Connor, originally drafted by the Tampa Bay Rays in the first round of 2014, will hit fifth in DH today. And then you've got Ryan Cordell, who was a very interesting uh, little prospect for the Sox. Center fielder, came over from the Brewers last year in the Anthony Swarzak deal, which is an outstanding job by Rick Hahn and company. You sign Swarzak, reliever out of the pen for nothing, and you end up getting someone who maybe turns into a fourth outfielder or more for you today. Cordell is in center field. A lot of people like Ryan Cordell, if you ask around baseball. guy that can do everything. Not necessarily great at one thing, but well-balanced, can play all three outfield spots. Patrick Leonard's playing third base, fifth-round pick of the Royals in 2011. He was the MVP, interestingly enough, of the Durham Bulls last year. Which, why do I love the Durham Bulls? Because they're the Durham Bulls. And, Major, and Bull Durham is the greatest baseball movie of all time, which I'm going to debate with Jason Benetti coming up a little bit after uh, 1.30. Omar Navarez is your catcher today, and Jose Rondon is playing second base. Sox got him from San Diego. Now, there's interesting rumors out there right now about 
Mike Moustakis, who played third base for the Kansas City Royals and is still a free agent. And Bob Nightingale of USA Today has reported that the White Sox are at least paying attention to what's going on with Mike Moustakis. Now, Mike Moustakis is not going to be a cheap player. It's going to cost you some dough to bring in a left-handed hitting third baseman who's capable of mid-30 home runs, and maybe you get him out of Kansas City in Kauffman Stadium, you put him at guaranteed rate field, and this guy's hitting 40-plus bombs. And you look at Jake Berger going down, and you look at the White Sox options at third base in Matt Davidson, Yolmer Sanchez, Mike Moustakis has got to be exciting, right? But it's also a little bit ahead of the plan. Are they going to spend dough right now on a guy like Moustakis? But it's been a very odd off season. Big-time players still sitting out there. I'm like, Mike Moustakis has got to be livid, right? Spring training's going on. I just hit 30-some-odd home runs, and nobody wants me on their baseball team, and I'm in the prime of my career. Nobody will pay the going rate. So you would get a guy who's in the middle of his prime, who I would think would be highly motivated and, and would fill a big-time need. But, but again, it's kind of ahead of the curve of where the White Sox were expected to start spending big-time money. But that name is out there, and I know a ton of Sox fans would love to see him uh, in Chicago. That'd be awesome. And, hey, Sox fans, single-game tickets are on sale now. You can join us for a season filled with great giveaways and more. Lower-level tickets start at just $20. Get your tickets at WhiteSox.com. Today. All right, we'll talk to the hitting coach, Todd Steverson, coming right on up. This is White Sox Weekly. It is 720 WGN. At the wall, the 380, gone. A three-run homer for Tim Anderson. 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. Oh, it's good to hear a little Ed Farmer right here on 720 WGN. Tim Anderson in a three-run bomb. I think he did that because he had a great conversation that day with White Sox hitting coach Todd Steverson. Is that true, Todd? Welcome to 720 WGN. Thanks for taking a little time on White Sox Weekly. We appreciate it. All right, not a problem. So let's start out there with Tim just playing off the highlight there. You know, off season, uh, he seemed to get his head together, had a, you know, last year didn't go perfectly for him. But this is a guy you've always liked, ton of talent. And not necessarily traditional in baseball sense, right, Todd, as far as like, oh, you, you know, he's going to walk a lot and not going to have a huge on-base percentage. But this is a guy who hits the baseball hard, ton of talent. What, what are you looking for from Tim this year? I mean, well, you know, it, it was a tale of two halves, obviously, for Timmy. Uh, he came off very, very strong in the second half of the year uh, after going through a, a few personal issues that he had uh, with his best friend passing away. In the beginning, and that was a little tough on him. Um, you figure a 23 year old kid, you know, really hadn't had to deal with too much things like that. And I, I, I commend him for the way that he was able to uh, come back and mature during that course of that season and, and, and finish the way that he did. Uh, in, in terms of, you know, him, him walking and things like that, that's going to have to be a, a, once again, a baseball maturity thing. The more at bats that you get uh, and the results that you see, you're able to change your game enough. He won't, he won't walk a hundred times. I don't think he might not walk a hundred times, but I think you'll see him be more selective as time goes on. I mean, this kid's an athlete, and, and athletes want they want the baseball. You know, this is your fifth season as the Sox hitting coach here, Todd. Does that feel like a little overnight? I mean, you, 
and Jose Abreu, and and now we're five years later. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you could say that. Uh, yeah, it just seems like almost yesterday where you know I got the job uh, coming from Oakland, and and Jose uh, uh, had just stepped in with me same year. And uh, you know, looking back at, it, I can see see quite a bit over the last four years. Um, and now we're 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 in another mode, and Jose's still still here doing well, and. You know, in my opinion, he's one of the best players in the big leagues. You want to take – how much credit will you take for uh, the success that he's had? You want to take 1%, 2%, you want to throw yourself all the way up to, like, I don't know, 10% here? That process, and here's a guy coming in who everybody knew he could hit, but first time in the big leagues, doesn't speak the language, you're working with him. I mean, that, that's uh, that's a great guy to start with, but, but also I, I think there was some challenges there for you. I mean, I, I don't like to take credit on anything. It's players that play. You know, we we provide them with with the information and and the atmosphere that that's best to work in, mm-hmm. and uh, they are they are the ones that go out and play. Players play, coaches coach, and um, I think the relationship that we've developed over the years is is become really really good. Uh, he did come in, didn't speak any English, and and, and you know, to me, I'm a, to to uh, me to him, I'm a, a complete stranger, and now I'm gonna start talking to him about his swing and, and things like that. He's like, you know, he could be a little standoffish or, or 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 what have you, but he wasn't. He was he was never really standoffish. I watched him, I explained him what I saw and what I thought he did well, and uh, he told me what he you know things that he wants to do and and his routine and and the uh, emphasis behind it. And, you know, really I had to jump on board with his routine and his thought process because uh, he came in, you know, never minor leagues, nothing. Just very highly touted and ready to be our first baseman. All right, White Sox hitting coach Todd Steverson with us here, 720 WGN. It's White Sox Weekly. So it's interesting to me, in your position, you have to connect with different guys. I mean, no one's the same, right? And no one has the same approach at the plate. And some guys don't speak the language, and yet – you're trying to get them all to do the same thing, which is be the best they can be. I mean, how how do you sort of start from here's day one with the guy, getting to know him, getting to figure out what he's doing, and then trying to impart, like, here, I, I think I can help you in this particular corner? I mean, well, it's all about the relationship. I mean, it, it, it's lack of a better way of understanding it for other people. It's like when you, you want to start dating somebody, you know, Eventually, that person's going to have to tell you about who they are, and you have to learn who they are along the way, accept certain things, and, and, and help them along with, with, with what they may be perceived as a flaw if they ask you, you know, uh, and vice versa, you know, and that's just kind of the way it is. And you, you have to build some trust. You have to you, you have to go out there and be able to speak to the person. You, you also, actually, you need to be able to kind of yell at them. And then and not take it offensively, you know. Yep. They know why you know why you're yelling because you care about them. And I think if players believe that you care about them, they'll listen to you and they'll take both sides of it, the good and the bad, regardless of the type of conversation. Who who's the best at that for you? Where look, you've got you have such good rapport that you can scream at them and not really worry that the relationship's going to be fractured and they'll stop listening to you and, and maybe hurt themselves and hurt the team in the process. Probably Abyssal. Mm-hmm. Abyssal and I have a very, very good understanding of our relationship. 
Uh, it's been long documented on him. I was he was here the year a year before I got here, right? And uh, I had seen him before before I was in the organization. I knew the type of talent he had and, and what have you. But uh, I'm I'm very uh, strong headed as it relates to one specific thing, and that's being prepared to swing a strike. Mm-hmm. And I would, I, I'm not going to stop on him. And one of his biggest things with Abby was just, you know, he was swinging the bad pitches. And so I wouldn't stop. I wouldn't stop until he started telling me, what's the problem? What's the problem? You tell me, you know, what, what went wrong? Until he could tell me, Todd, I'm swinging the bad pitches. And be able to help himself correct it, you know. And then we could get online because – he and I's relationship over the years have got to that point where I can say, what you do wrong? What's the problem? And I can be mad about it. And he knew I cared about him enough that if I was mad, it was because I was mad that he, he didn't do what he said he was going to do. And I wanted more from him than he, he's given himself. So you, that's, this is, that's awesome. Todd Steverson, White Sox hitting coach, fifth year with the club with us here, 720 WGN. So, you believe that a guy who doesn't command the strike zone particularly well over time with better recognition, better understanding of why, is that like the key for somebody? Because some, some guys, they go through their careers, they'll never identify the strike zone, right? But I think they what I'm... They don't have very long careers. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at it, uh, unless you could just pound the ball, you know, 700 feet, uh, which is just, you know, for... Like with better thought, but if you just pound homers, I get it. And you, you know, there aren't too many Rob Deers of the world and, and uh, Dave Kingmans and stuff like that uh, from back in the day that just, you know, drop out 40 homers and hit 210. Mm-hmm. You know, and with, with low on base percentage, no, you got you got no, you got not a hit. You got no, you got another zone on um, base percentage is one of the biggest statistics that we have in, in offense right now with OPS. You know, the O is on base. You know, yeah. Uh, so if you don't know the zone, how are you going to produce that? And a lot of people are putting credence in your whole career on the O and the S, you know, on base plus love. Well, how do you – I'm sorry. How do you balance somebody who's going up there working the count versus, hey, that pitch was right in your zone, that's that's go time? You know, you work the count. You work the count only based upon the fact that they're not throwing you your pitch. If you get your pitch, oh, oh, kill it. You know, I mean, I didn't come up here to, to see a, a slider on the black, you know. Uh, I'm all in for you get for, for you getting your first, you know, if the oh, oh, pitch is your pitch, hey, lay a barrel on it best you can. You only, you know, you do a course of game, you get three, four, maybe sometimes five, five at bats. Well, you know. I got I got to do my best to recognize my pitch and consistently put a barrel on that and take my chances. Now, working the counts, every now and then you'll take a strike, but it, hopefully it's his strike, not your strike, you know? Yeah. I, I love talking hitting philosophy here, but let, let's get into a couple of players. And, and the, the news yesterday coming out that uh, Ricky Renteria wants to try you on Moncada at the top of the lineup. Now he's you know used to hitting two, but he's never hit leadoff. What what type of adjustment? And here's a young guy, and, and you're asking him to you know step into a, a prime spot in the lineup. Obviously, every spot's important, but leading off is leading off. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you look at everybody's going to look at average first as it relates to uh, monkey, and 
you know, he, he came on toward the end of the year last year, uh, average wise. But you look at his own base. The man knows the strike zone. Okay, what do you want out of your leadoff hitter? Obviously, you want him on base. And whether that's be a hit, walk, or, or however, however other way you can get there. And with with uh, with Muffy's eye, with uh, Yohan's eye up there, he has a really good opportunity at not only like you just we just talked about working the count, uh, but but also uh, being able being able to uh, take the walk. He's a superior athlete. He can take and get a hit. You know. Uh, he can run, he can fly. So there are intangibles there as what Ricky's probably talking about with you. He has all the tools to be a prototypical leadoff hitter. Now it's just he's got to grow into that type of role. Do you watch football, Todd? Jonathan. I was asked last night at an event, who do I think is going to have a better career, Mitchell Trubisky or Yoan Moncada? I went with Moncada. Is that was that the right answer? I, I think I, I think I was solid. Uh, you know what? I like Trubisky when he's over in North Carolina. Actually, uh, he, he's hard nosed. I can't remember the game it was. I was watching where they came back and and, and by like twenty something down. Anyway, uh, I think they need to take the reins off of that boy a little bit. And I think that's what we talk about. Skip talking about letting uh, Johan. Uh, lead off, that's taking the reins off also. This guy's going on his first full season in the big leagues. I mean, we act like he's been there for a long time. you got to give him a break for a second. Both players are, have only had roughly the same type of time as their respective uh, sports at that level, half a season, half a season. And now they're going into their full season. Let's see how, how we can both mature, both of them can mature. Yeah, but we're talking the number one prospect in all of baseball switch hitter under your tutelage playing for the White Sox. I I'm I feel comfortable with my Moncada select. I got to make a pick here, Todd. I got to go I got to I got to pick a lane. Well, I mean then then basically I need to help you I need to help you uh, uh fulfill that prophecy on your part. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem. I got I got a ton of I got a ton of uh uh, of, of respect for for both sports, but uh, baseball is a little more difficult, in my opinion, as a singular thing with 162 games. But you know what? We're gonna put our best foot forward. And Johan is gonna is gonna come out and, and bust his butt for everybody. That's one thing I know for sure. And uh, he's got the talent. I know you said he's the first. He's the number one prospect. Well, actually, Showtime's the number one prospect now, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he had that mantle for for long enough, and now he's here. So let, let's go. <laughs> we, we don't we don't we don't need to get into the semantics of of, of the whole baseball race. But he listen, I, I'm I'm trusting you, Todd. I believe in you. I and I, I and I I loved what I've seen so far. I got like one minute here. Who who have you been most excited about this spring? Who who comes to mind when when that question is presented? Most excited about this spring. You know what? Uh, our front office has done a really fabulous job of getting a collection of talent. And I can't really put a, a finger on just one of them. I, I like looking at, you know, the Luis Roberts, you know, Eloy Jimenez, uh, every, everybody, even, you know, I didn't go to Miley camp where we have a mini camp where the Rutherfords are and, and guys like that and Sheets. I mean, they're way more than, than, you know, have been touted so far. But, uh, I like looking at them all. You know, I, I like gaining the, like I said, the relationship with these guys right now. Because uh, when they come, it's going to be nice. Todd, appreciate the time. Continued success to you. Hope you guys get off to a great start of the season. We look forward to 
seeing you at opening day at Guaranteed Rate Field. Thanks for taking time today. Absolutely. I appreciate it. It is our pleasure. Todd Steverson, White Sox hitting coach, coming into his fifth year. Let's get you into news. It's White Sox Weekly. Quick timeout. Jason Benetti, after the news, White Sox TV broadcaster, 720 WGN. Flagship radio station. You're listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN. A ticket plan for every fan. Get access to every opponent with a 20-game plan or hand-pick your games with a 10-game package. Secure your seats for the 2018 season today. For more information, call 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. White Sox Weekly continuing. I'm Mark Carmen, Jason Benetti, your White Sox TV broadcaster alongside Steve Stone, joins us on 720 WGN. I didn't know you were such a Mario Kart star. Crushing Eloy Jimenez, that that was rude, but but I was very impressed all at the same time. Well, so here's the thing. Uh, he claims that he's... The one thing I didn't challenge him on is he claims that he's played it on PlayStation, and that doesn't exist. So I think I just kind of like sucked him into playing a game he thought he'd played. And I think... Honestly, the only way to beat Eloy Jimenez at something is to play him at something he's never played before. Honestly, <laughs> I bet he beats me at anything he's done once. It's it's a great segment. I love Beat Benetti. Who who else have you played in, in, in various forms of video game activity? So I've played uh I've played uh let's see, I played Jake Berger in a game. Uh-huh. I played uh uh, Lucas Giolito, that one's coming out soon. Zach Birdie is the is the one that really is the problem uh, because I keep losing to him, uh-huh. and that makes me angry. <laughs> uh, but no, I've, there there have been a bunch of them, and still some to come. I'm just trying to think of which ones have been out. Carlos Rodon and Mario Tennis, uh, that was a new one uh, as of last year, and he got really cranky. So I don't think we're going to play again. Although he says he wants to, and I don't really, I don't buy it. See, these guys are competitive. They're professional athletes. And it sounds like you're pretty, I mean, you look very secure in your talents going to that Mario Kart game. You had no, there was no doubt in your mind you were winning. Secure in my talents is not a way that many people describe me <laughs> uh, in anything. But that's the thing. Like, I never, I never really played organized or even disorganized sports, but I am hyper-competitive at things. So usually these set out as um, interviews. Oh, the, the one, the one that I, I, I really love is the Yomer Sanchez one because he beats me, like, by a 1,000 in FIFA, and he is talking so much smack. It is ridiculous how much smack he's talking, and I just have to sit there and take it because I'm getting walloped. Uh, but, no, I... I love that these guys are as competitive as they are at just about anything. You could be like, listen, we are going to stack cups, and they'd be like, I'll beat you. It's it's awesome. That you ha- That's the mentality of a professional athlete, at least most of them. They, they are that competitive. That's why they achieve to the level that they've achieved getting to that platform. Hey, it's uh, Jason Benetti, White Sox TV with us, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly. If you don't mind, Jason, I want to get a little personal here. Like, give me, and not too personal, by the way, but I, I, I want to know more about, like, the life of a Jason Bennett. I'm so jealous of you guys. Like, give me a standard day for you on the road. What time do you wake up at the hotel? Do you get a little eggs in bed? What time do you get to the ballpark? Like, just paint a picture of the life that you lead, if, you, if, if you're willing to. Well, this is going to be super glamorous right now because <laughs> I am in Albany. Sweet. 
Yeah, Tropical Albany. I have the uh, the Metro Atlantic semis and finals uh, for Champ Week for for the uh, my other employer. But no, I mean, I, I generally am pretty habitual when it comes to baseball season. I mean, the last couple of years I have not been doing as many road games as I'm used to right. as I did in the minors. So it's kind of about rebuilding that routine, but. Generally, no, no eggs in bed, mostly because I don't eat eggs. Uh, the, I mean, I eat things with eggs in them. Not that that really mattered to the answer, but so I'll get up probably around eight thirty or nine o'clock, depending on how late the game went the night before. Do some research, add to the stuff that I already had for the series. Go have lunch with Stony or with somebody uh, on the road. Generally, Stony. Uh, that's where we kind of put our ideas together and solve the world's problems and whatnot. Uh-huh. Uh, so then, like, I'd say usually I get to the ballpark around 2 or 2.30. And then if the lineup's there, start to fill out my scorebook. If not, go to the clubhouse first and chat with some guys. And usually I'm on the field for batting practice, and I like to watch and just chat with guys, uh, you know, minimally while they're hitting. <clears throat> Pardon me. But that's um, – and then go to the visitors' clubhouse sometimes and chat with some folks that I I want an answer from about something or other about their background, and then go back up to the booth and kind of catch up with uh, with our producer and who I'll probably have had a phone conversation with before that, and then um, go ahead and do the game. Let, let me rewind then in that day to the the lunch with Steve Stone, if if you will. <laughs> so. I, I was fortunate when I was I was working in Kansas City, and and the White Sox came into town, and I asked Steve to go to lunch, and I hope he doesn't mind me telling the story. I don't think he will. And so we get down to lunch. I'm curious if you had the same experience. He asked what I was having, and I said I wasn't quite sure yet. Maybe this, that, or the other. He said, "Well, would you like to split a cheeseburger as an appetizer?" And I said, "Absolutely, let's split a cheeseburger." And then he proceeded to say, well, okay, but my cheeseburger is actually a hamburger, and I like to get it cooked well done. Is that all cool? So, <laughs> so, so now we went from this, like, sweet, <laughs> we went, I had a sweet cheeseburger, you know, appetizer that I was fired up for, and now you just burnt the burger, took the cheese off, and ruined the whole thing. And <laughs> Does this sound familiar? I, I, I think he's over the well done thing. I've never heard him... Uh, order a burger like dead like that uh but uh, i mean we've split things before but uh never have i had the ro- the rug pulled out from under me uh so deftly on an order that's tough right it's really tough because what are you going to say i mean you can't say uh sure i'd love to and then hear what the order is and be like ah, i'm gonna backpedal on that so you kind of did you eat? Did you split it? Yeah, no. I, I, I look. You know, I was having like my first solo <laughs> lunch with Steve Stone. I can't back out at that point. I'm in on this bad yeah. burger. And it's tough. How was it? It was terrible. <laughs> but I, I mean, it's, I mean, as bad as a bad burger can be, it's still a burger. I was, it was fine. But I, I, I just that was an amazing moment in 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 lunchtime for me. I'll, I'll always remember. Yeah, it. no. I, you should have gotten it signed. Honestly, you should have kept a piece of it and gotten it signed and put it in a little jar or something. This is my hockey puck burger, courtesy of Steve Stone, <laughs> pre, pre-game socks and Royals. Uh, all right, let's let's go some random questions. F- favorite baseball movie, Jason Benetti? Favorite baseball movie is probably Rookie of the Year. Wow. 
off the board with that call. Uh, so here's the thing. Second place is definitely a league of their own, though. Ooh, I like that call. Doesn't get yeah. enough love, a league of their own. Great film. Yeah, love it. Okay. I mean, I think for, I, I, I used to be growing. from countries near and far. There are Canadians and Irish ones and. Yeah, I mean, if you don't cry in a league of their own, then you're just doing something wrong. You get you get, you got to get to your emotions in a league of their own, and and if you don't, and cry, aren't we all still well at heart? <laughs> still well, yes. Uh, embarrassingly, yes, but yes, and yeah. and and you know, uh, I also Jimmy Dugan. Jimmy Dugan was the greatest. I mean, we Kit was uh, the fire of a kid. I mean, who can't appreciate somebody who wants to climb up the ladder and get there? Come on, this is uh, you know right. Uh, okay, let me let me go. Let's go. Let's go. Give me your one complaint about the job. You guys are never allowed to complain, but I'm gonna allow you. Like, if you had to say one thing about this gig being the greatest gig ever, being a TV announcer for the White Sox, at least that's what it looks like from the outside. What would what would, what would your one complaint be? Uh, doing White Sox weekly. No, no, no. <laughs> I, uh, I I honestly love everything. I, I having done a bunch of games in the minors. My first thing that I would have said one of my first baseball seasons is it's a long season and it kind of grinds you down. But now I've realized that that's kind of the point of it. And the toughest thing for a player to do is focus. And the toughest thing for us to do on a bad day is focus. And you have to. So that's the toughest part. But I actually like it and like what it does for me now. Cool. Jason Bedetti, White Sox TV. Favorite baseball or any announcer, actually, for that matter. Favorite announcer growing up. Uh, I mean, I, when I was a kid, I was a huge Hawk fan. And then when I uh, went off to school, I became a huge fan of Sean McDonough. I just think he's the best. Interesting. Now, Syracuse, correct, right? Syracuse, yes. Yeah. Okay, so I, I'm going to do my name dropping here. Here are my Syracuse name drops. I've worked with Robert Ford, who's the uh, radio voice of the Houston Astros. I've worked with Nick, Nick Wright, Fox Sports 1. I got a yeah. jo- I got a Jordan Burnfield in my arsenal. I got a Danny Parkins. Who's yeah. your Who's your favorite Syracuse broadcaster outside of yourself, sir? So McDonough. Yeah, uh, and McDonough. But, but 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 second place is well, it's not, it's tough to call him second place. But Ian Eagle. Okay. I love Ian Eagle. I think he's hilarious. I think he does an amazing job. So those are those are my two my two big big guns. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, hey, on the field, most excited about this year coming into 2018. What what's uh, outside of just baseball period? What what are you looking at? Ooh, that's tough. There are a couple of them. Okay. I really want to see what Eloy Jimenez does. I was so impressed meeting him last year and developing that, as you talked about in the, the video thing we did, but also just seeing more of him at Soxfest and down at Camelback a couple of weeks ago. I'm, I'm really excited to see him whenever that might be. But the continued development of the culture is a number one for me. Mm-hmm. Last year, the Sox squeezed more wins out of the team they had than they should have. I think most people agree with that. And that's in part Ricky Renteria and in part the spirit of the people that are there. And the idea that that is going to continue in what really is the prelude to the window of winning in 2018, if you do it now, you're maybe a little bit early. Uh, I'm excited to see the development of what this White Sox team is going to look like just atmospherically when they're winning. Yeah, and I, it seems to me, and I haven't been down to spring training, but you know, watching everything and, and reading, the attitude 
I don't think they're looking at 2018 like, yeah, we're going to win 60 some odd games and, and, and then, yeah, let's, let's prepare for 2019. This seems like a group that seems pretty confident that they're going to surprise some people this year. Fair to say? Yeah, seems like it, especially because some of the pieces that are going to be there this year are going to be cornerstone type pieces when the Sox the hope is, are really, really good. And not that that's a foregone conclusion and not that that can't happen this season, but the middle infield of Anderson and Moncada and some of the starters like Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez, and, and there are many others that I think will be involved this year that will be involved when the team is really good. I, I generally feel like this is the year where we start to see exactly what we're going to see, at least in terms of culture moving forward. Jason Benetti, White Sox TV, always appreciate you taking time. We look forward to having you on White Sox Weekly a ton because it's your favorite thing to do. I think that was said in this interview. <laughs> hey, uh, before, before you go, you, you do a ton of college basketball. You're doing a tournament this weekend. you got a sleeper for us because since 2011, I, I think it's seven, uh, seven seeds or lower have made it all the way to at least the Elite Eight. So someone's going to be making a run here. Do you have anybody that you could throw out that you've seen that you like? Like mid-major conference-wise? Well, last year was South Carolina. They were a seven seed, so. Oh, yeah. Um, so I actually think Michigan is playing really – I know they're not a sleeper, right, but they've gotten, mm. they've played better basketball recently than they had earlier this year. I think of the Big Ten teams that are, that are a little bit middle of the pack, I would go Michigan. But in terms of inter- – well, okay, so I just saw Notre Dame on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they're even going to make the tournament, right? Yep. But Bonzi Colson coming back makes them terrifying for me if I have them across my way on a bracket seed line on Selection Sunday. So I know – I'm in my heart, I think Loyola is a definite – if they win the Valley, Loyola is going to win a game in the tournament – But if we're saying teams that are kind of sleepy because of injury or whatever it might be, uh, Notre Dame. Fair enough. I like I love that Loyola look. Right now at 12, see 12s always beat a five. Round of 32 would be sweet for the Ramblers. Jason, appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you at the ballpark. Thank you. Anytime. Jason Benetti, White Sox TV. Hey, uh, become an official member of the White Sox today by joining the free WhiteSox.com blacklist. Get breaking news, the latest videos, special ticket offers, and more delivered right to your inbox. Visit WhiteSox.com slash blacklist to register today. Quick timeout, White Sox Weekly continuing, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Nick Hostel, the White Sox scouting director, will be, the, be with us after 2 o'clock. Sox and the Kansas City Royals today, 2.05. So coming up uh, about 12 minutes from now. Not on WGN today. The next broadcast we'll carry will be the White Sox and the Milwaukee Brewers. That is this coming Tuesday, 2 o'clock. So quick, a little quick time out here as we get you set. For the scouting director, we're going to go through basically... All of the White Sox top prospects, how they're looking, what Nick is seeing coming into the season. That's coming up, 720 WGN. Interesting text coming in here from Jason Benetti, 773. Jason is an orderly person. Orderly. I think to be a successful baseball announcer, you got to understand order. you got to be able to do lists. you got to understand chronological things so that's probably you probably you're probably right about that jason is an orderly person hey don't miss any white Sox action this season full season ticket plans offer the best locations the highest savings and most benefits best seats going fast so lock into your plan today tickets went on sale 
yesterday. Uh, for more information, call 312-674-1000 or visit whitesocks.com. It was awesome having uh, Brooks Boyer out here yesterday, Southpaw, the whole gang uh, on the Steve Cochran Show and everybody outside on Michigan Avenue running around. That was uh, incredibly cool. Some fun pictures in the social media world if you want to check them out. Also, check out Nick Hostetler, the White Sox scouting director, coming up right after news, 720 WGN. 720 WGN White Sox Weekly until 2.30 today. Nick Hostetler, White Sox scouting director, coming up. Reminder, it's time to party at the park this season from a pregame patio to the fan deck. White Sox party areas are perfect for hosting groups of 10 to 1,000. For more information, call 312-674-1000 or visit whitesox.com. That tone means it is 2 o'clock. This is Chicago's very own 720 WGN Chicago, WGNRadio.com. If you're an Amazon Echo user, just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn. The new sponsored by VictoryAutoRecords.com. 2 o'clock, here's Jen DeSalvo. And you you grew up a, a big fan of Jim Tomey, right? How how cool is how how about that coming full circle for you? Uh, it was it was pretty cool out in spring training this past week with Jim Tomey and Omar Vizquel walking around, and and I made a joke to Chris Getz that if he hires Carlos Baerga, I'm going to vote him as the best uh, player <laughs> development director in the history of baseball. But it's it's unbelievable for me. It's it's surreal, you know, when you grow up as a kid. You know, my dad and uh, my grandfather taking me to Double A Canton Akron Indian Games and, and Cleveland Indian Games, and you know, meeting Jim then and to see him now being the same exact guy. He hasn't changed a bit. Um, he's the same happy-go-lucky guy with a huge smile on his face. He, he's a people pleaser. Um, he's a blast to talk to, and I'm lucky that he wants to go out and see some amateur players. I, I mean, to think that I'm getting his opinion on whether or not he feels a player can play in the big leagues is pretty surreal for me and how can i not listen to that opinion yeah and to the to the jim told me personality parts like I, I would just like to bottle that guy he's always in a good mood i, I don't know how like yeah. it, which I, I get it you're you've get you've lived a great life you're in the hall of fame but it's just he's got something that a lot of us don't have it, it, I, i'd like to study him a little bit he's never had a bad day and if the world Say this much: If the world had more Jim Tomies in it, we wouldn't have a lot of these problems we do right now. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Let's talk uh, Luis Robert. Who, I mean, the love that's coming towards this player is enormous here, Nick. Uh, and you guys spent a ton of money uh, to go get him. And I, I don't know when he's going to be here. I know you don't know either, but uh, I'm assuming this is another guy that brings a big smile to your face. Yeah, I mean, just when you brought up the name, the the thought of just watching him in that B game the other day. Um, the patience that he already has as a hitter, which is it's just something you can't teach. Um, and then when he does when he does put a swing on the ball, I mean it is it is something special. I mean you know the noise as a scout. You can turn your back, and when you hear a ball come off the bat, it's different. And when he does make contact, and it, whether it's BP or in a game, it's different. Um, it sounds like a car crash. That uh, just is it's explosive, and everything he does is explosive. I mean just watching him walk through the the halls at the um, at the complex. I mean, he just he looks like a superstar. Um, and I know I've used that word twice now, but it's hard not to with talents like uh, Mancada and, and Robert. So we're extremely excited. It's hard not to be, but also we have to temper our expectations. Um, it's going to be difficult for him. He's getting adjusted to the United States, um, fast food, um, you know, eating eating right, uh, doing laundry, all of those things that he's going to have to learn in time. So. 
um, you know, we know that there's going to be an adjustment period. It's going to hit. Um, but at the same time, it's hard not to get excited about that tool set. I mean, he, when you're scouting an international guy, and, and Rob Rose is the most touted Cuban prospect since Jan Mancada, I mean, how, how, much, how do you uh, go about figuring that player versus a college player versus a young high school kid? You know, it's, it, there's, there's a lot, I'm assuming there's a lot of factors that you have to consider the competition he's playing and figuring out whether he can adjust to a whole new culture. And there, there's a lot that's got to go into this. There's a lot of it, and you know Marco Patti, our international director, does an unbelievable job of of narrowing down the pool before I even get a chance to take a peek at them. And uh, for me, it's more of a reference point to compare where these college guys and high school guys are. And it's hard to it's hard to compare those two. Um, and you know, and when you're thinking about bringing someone, whether it's a Dominican player, a Venezuelan player, a Cuban player, um, away from what they're have been used to their whole life, and now they have to learn not only a different culture, a different way of life, different food, but a different language. Um, that's an, that takes some time. So you really have to be forgiving early on with these kids. I think Mike Rodolfo is the perfect example of that. You know, it just takes some time for these guys to get acclimated. Uh, but once they do, baseball is everything and anything they've always they've ever known. So uh, to get them over here and, and get acclimated to the White Sox culture and, and how we're running things with, with Ricky Renteria, I think has been been huge. And these guys, I tell you what, they love being around each other, which is exciting to see. A couple more moments with Nick Hostetler, White Sox Director of Scouting here, 720 WGN. Uh, Dylan Cease got a win out of the bullpen this week, Nick, and uh, he's throwing upper 90s. And here's a guy that came over in the Quintana trade with the Cubs and sixth-round pick, Cubs picked him and overpaid him because they loved him, but he needed to have Tommy John surgery. And now you guys, uh, you know, here it seems like whenever I read anything he says, he's not in a big rush to get to the big leagues, but yet there's there's a talent uh, with Dylan that I, it's also super enticing. It is, and, and Dylan's a kid. We, we knew very well in high school. I saw him pitch. He was the start before he actually blew out his elbow. Wow. Um, and he was pre- premium then. I mean, it was big fastball, power-breaking ball. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge guy on comparisons. I think it's unfair to the kid, but you know, there was a little bit of Zach Granke when I watched him pitch, just the, the overall athleticism and the cleanness of the way the arm worked. And, you know, once we got Dylan, um, you know, and you can see in his track record, he hasn't had a healthy year yet. You know, he battled the Tommy John came back. I think last year he had an ankle. Um, so it was just a matter of him just getting innings. And when he came over with us, uh, it was at the end of last year. It was just a matter of him getting acclimated to a new organization. Uh, he showed up this year, was bigger, stronger, terrific attitude. He looks extremely, extremely good. Um, I, I, again, it's hard to temper. It's hard to temper the excitement with these guys when you see them because they're. It's everywhere you turn. There's some talent there that's like that they have the wow factor, and you know, and he has that. So. Um, but it's premium starter stuff. Uh, you know, and the big thing for Dylan this year is to get any. It's to, to be able to go out, take the ball every fifth day, and, and go shove and, and show everybody why he's one of those top prospects. Well, let me go one college guy. And have you played ping pong against Alec Hansen? <laughs> I've not, man. I, he's got an unfair advantage at ping pong, though. I mean, he could just lean over the net and his arm would reach. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, the word on the street is that this dude's like the greatest ping pong player ever. And he's he's six seven, so yes, that's that's that seems unfair. Uh, yeah. s- second round pick, Oklahoma. He was up and down though. In 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 uh, you know, he was, he, I guess it was a sophomore year, right, where he was in the rotation and then he got he got shipped to the bullpen. But you guys uh, still believed in the talent. It seems like he's coming fast too. 
He is, and, and all the credit in that goes to our area scout at the time, Clay Overcash, who worked just tirelessly on the makeup part of it and making sure that, you know, it wasn't anything off the field or, or between the years was the problem. It was more of just uh, the situation at Oklahoma. Uh, once we got him, we took it slow. There was a small mechanical adjustment we saw that we thought he could make that would really improve. Um, we did that. Matt Zaleski did that, and it was terrific. Um, he took Alec took right to it. Um, mentally, he's been awesome. Um, there's you're not going to find he's a quiet kid, but he's very very confident. Um, you know, it's one of those things for where scouting and player development. We we both you know that's a feather in both of our caps on this. You know, we went out as an amateur scouting staff, found the player, thought we could improve and help. Uh, pass the information on to the player development staff, and, and they did wonders with him. So it's one of those where, you know, once he gets to the big leagues and he's pitching every fifth day for us and, and going out there and winning, that's when we can all take uh, take a little bit of pride in, in that pick for, for the whole organization. And last one for Nick Hostetler, the White Sox director of scouting. Uh, Michael Kopech starting today, and I, and I read that he's going to throw a ton of change-ups, so don't read a ton into if he doesn't have the best day that he's ever had today, but he's, he's working on things. Is, is that the key for him in your mind, Nick, that if he can get that off-speech pitch down, he's going to be close to, you know, I, I don't want to say dominant, put that much on him, but I, I'm sure that's what he's thinking. Like, if I, can, if I can throw that pitch with everything else I've got, I'm in good shape. Yeah, he's another one that you're not going to have to worry about being uh... – about confidence being an issue uh yeah when he when that change up continues to develop um as we've seen it he threw some the other day and and it looked really good and he, he's continued to work on it with don cooper and kurt hassler and yeah when he that third pitch comes and he masters that third pitch i mean it's hard not to believe he can't be a front-end starter um and you know and it's going to be an exciting time when he's finally in chicago whenever that might be um the good ones have a way of pushing it we'll have to just sit back and wait and see, but uh, yeah, when that third pitch finishes up, I think uh, he's got he's got another one that's got front line written all over him. I, I lied. One more. Your, your expectations for Lucas Giolito this year? It, it, you know what? Just uh, the main thing is just piggyback off of last year. Um, you know, I think he finished up the year terrific. Kind of got back the velocity and the old Lucas Giolito that we saw as an amateur um, in, in first couple years with Washington. I think that's that's the big thing with him, just piggybacking off of that, maintain that confidence. And I think uh, he's another one. He looked really good the other day in the sideline, and I think the, uh, the sky's the limit for him as well. Nick, great to talk to you, and great to have you guys on 720 WGN. We look forward to having a bunch of White Sox weeklies for you and uh, seeing you out at the ballpark whenever you're around, not not, not on the road. So, at any rate, uh, congrats on all your success, and we're we're really looking forward to the season and working with you guys. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate the kind words. Nick Hostetler, White Sox Director of Scouting. I've uh, gotten to talk to Nick a bunch over the years, and he is super positive and has done a ton in building uh, the White Sox organization. All right, quick timeout. Blackhawks hockey coming up. The Blackhawks and the Kings, 720 WGN. Pat takes Black Panther to Wakanda, Illinois on the next Man of the People with Pat Tomasulo. Watch Man of the People Saturday, that's today, at 10, only on WGN-TV. Thank you very much to White Sox hitting coach Todd Steverson, to White Sox TV broadcaster Jason Benetti, to White Sox scouting director Nick Hostetler. Thank you to you for listening 
and checking out White Sox Weekly this week. Blackhawks hockey is coming up on 720 WGN. The Hawks and the LA Kings. Amy Guth will be on at 7 right after that. And our next White Sox baseball game will be Tuesday afternoon. The Sox and the Milwaukee Brewers. Right now today, Royals and White Sox, no score after one. Michael Kopech got through the first inning with seven pitches, six strikes. That one strikeout uh, did give up one hit, but a pretty good first inning for Michael Kopech, who we were just talking about with Nick Hosteller, one of the White Sox young stud pitchers. All right, Blackhawks hockey right now, 720 WGN.